uh, your your uh, journal with you. If you have a, a piece of paper, I want you to write some things down. I um, I sat at my desk last night, and I I to tell you, I thought, what in the world? I've been busy this week, and I thought I was praying. In fact, I was out late, late last night running around with Tom and Becky and that Relay for Life and Shafter. And uh, I went home and, and I sat down and I was going to do something else. But, the, but I was impressed to sit down and write about power. And I want you to listen carefully. To, and I, So I began to list a lot of things that you are probably aware of, and I was aware of. I don't know, I don't think we as believers really know how connected we are to a power source. And, and I begin to write things down, and I want you to write. Now, some of them I'm going to give you, and I'm not going to say anything about them. I could probably do a series on this, on power, but, but I, I want to write some things down to give you some food for thought in your devotions. Uh, so I begin to, now the, the term power means strength, force, or might, or the ability to do or to act. Uh, when you study in the New Testament and you study about the people in the Bible, uh, they, you'll find that they were possessed and they had, they, with an amazing consciousness of power. And, and when, when you read about these people, uh, all of them had their flaws. All of them had their weaknesses. Uh, and our problem is we want to elevate them to a different level higher than us. And when you do that, you, count, you cancel out what God wants to do and perform in your life. Uh, because they were not superhuman. They were flesh and bone just like we are. Had the same flaws, the same hang-ups. Some of them had more some of them had some bad hang-ups. But in the end, they were conscious of a power that was, that they had, that was in, available to them in their life. And they finished their course in life. You'll find out that when God began to deal with them, yes, they left a lot of that stuff behind. And they finished their life with, with, a, you know, with a, uh, a testimony of power. Now, the problem that we have is that when you elevate these people to more than human, then what you do is that you, you reduce yourself down to position of helplessness or, or to be less than adequate. Uh, and the question this morning is, how do you see yourself? How do, I, how, do, how do we see ourselves? How do we see ourselves as a church? How do you see yourself as an individual? How do you see yourself as a parent? Uh, when you read about these people, they, you'll, you'll never hear them say these things. Uh, you'll never hear them brag how capable we are. Never hear them say that. Nor will you hear them say, oh, how gifted we are. You know what I found about gifted people? Gifted people are hard to work with. Gifted people are weird. If you won't, if you won't have problems, you just try to work with gifted people. Because they, they lean on their gifting rather than God. And for those of you that are gifted in this place, that hopefully that don't apply to you. But your gift, where is your source of giftings come from in the first place? 
God, not something you developed there. Yes, you developed it, but it originated with God. So you're nobody just like the rest of us nobodies. You'll never hear them say, well, how smart we are. I mean, we got degrees and a DD and all this other stuff and a BS. You know what BS is, don't you? <laughs> then you have a PhD, and that's just more BS deeper. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that. It's funny what you say under the morning, isn't it? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> they, these people knew it wasn't their giftings and it wasn't necessarily their intellect. It wasn't how smart they were that got them the victory. They realized that they were plugged into a power source and that what they had been asked to do, was not, that was not something they were capable of, of doing in their own strength. Now, so I want to just kind of give you some things, uh, and I have, I'm not going to preach on all of them. I'm going to hit about three a little bit more than others, but uh, I begin to list some things that are available to us. How about the power of prayer? Now, you know, we know there's power in prayer, and we've been involved in prayer, but when you pray, how many know that there is power in your prayer? That's the reason the enemy tries to get you not to pray. Because prayer changes. Come on, say it. Prayer changes things. Why? Why does God, Now, God could do it without us praying, right? I mean, he can do whatever he wants to. He's sovereign. He can do what he wants to. But he wants us to get involved in the process. And then when we get involved in the process, something supernaturally is released in the realm of the invisible and things begin to change. Bondages begin to break. Man, a whole host of things. There's power in prayer. Secondly, there's power in the blood. We sing about it. There is power in the blood. There's only one thing that will cleanse from sin. We could, there, there's not a person in this building whose blood that flows through your veins is powerful enough to cleanse man of his sin. Only one individual. He came and lived and died and he shed his blood and he took that blood and sprinkled it on the mercy seat in the heavenlies. And because of the sacrifice he made and the, and the blood that is speaking there for you and I today, because of the blood we are free. There is power in the blood. When you plead the blood of Jesus, you are claiming his promises. Because, because of the sacrifice of blood, the promises of God have been made available to us. There is power in the blood of Jesus, power in prayer. There's power in the Word. There's a lot of good books that you will read, there, but there's only one book that will change your life. This one right here. There's a lot of good books, and you'll read a lot of them, but none of them can say and claim what this book says. Thus saith the Lord. This is the number one bestseller of all time. Why is that? Because there is power in the Word of God. There's power. If you'll believe it, it will change your life. If you'll believe it, your faith will be increased. I'm telling you, it has the ability to make things different in your life. There's power in prayer, power in the love. There's power in the Word. Then notice there's the power of God. Now, we say that flippantly, but listen to what the Scripture says, John chapter 1, verse 12. But as many as 
received him, to them he gave the right. What does that mean? The authority or the power. To as many as believed. How many believers we have here today? You are plugged into a power source. God has given you the right, the authority, the power to become children of God to those who believe in His name. There's another one. I won't go into that. Power in the name of Jesus. There is power. You have made connections to a power source. It is called the power of God. You're not ordinary anymore. You're extraordinary. You are supernatural. Yes, you may look the same in the mirror, but there's something that has taken place in your life that could not happen any other way than through the power of God. Amen. Power of God. The new birth wasn't by physical descent. The new birth wasn't through your ancestors. The new birth wasn't because you was raised in some particular church. I don't care what it was. It doesn't, you know, you, you meet a lot of people and they'll say, well, do you know Jesus? Well, I'm this or that. That, that don't mean nothing. That means beans. It's like the old saying on the street, that don't mean jack. Do you know Jesus? Have you been plugged into the power source? You, you don't, you're not born into this thing. Are you a Christian? Well, I was born in America. So what? So was my horse. And I sold her cheap. Too cheap. I shouldn't have said that. Open the door to trying to rob me of the anointing right now. <laughs> you can't be changed and you can't get saved by human effort. You and I can't earn it. We can't buy it. Or we can't will this thing into existence. Now get this. The new birth was an act of the power of God in response to our act of faith. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1 says, And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sin. We sing that new song today. How We were raised. Why? We were, we were raised. We were resurrected. We were dead in our trespasses and the sins. Now, some of you are here today, you don't have no understanding of what that means at all. But I'm telling you what, you get plugged into the power source, you believe what God has said, you receive Him by an act of faith today, and I'll guarantee you there'll be a transformation begin to take place in your life that would happen no other way. Now, man has the ability to conform. We can conform. You know, that's what we do when we try to send people away to prison. We try to conform their life. Listen, man can conform to a set of rules. Man can conform to a, set, uh, to a lifestyle, but only God can transform. If you have not been plugged into the power source, if the power of God is not flowing in your life, you may, you may conform for a while, but sooner or later your real nature is going to show up. And then everybody's going to see why. Because you get plugged into the power of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 just simply says this. If any man be in what? He is a new creature. Amen? All things, the old things have been passed away, and behold, all things become new. Why? There's something, uh, the power of God has touched you on the inside. Your, your spirit man that was dead, that you know, trespasses and sin, has been quickened and made alive by the power of God. And now you're going through a transformation, and the more you learn about God, the more you're transformed by the power of God in your life. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13 says this, He has delivered us from the power of darkness. There's another power. The power that you are plugged into is more powerful 
than the power of darkness. Now listen, those of us who walked in sin and those of you that are in sin today that do not know that the Lord is your Savior, you are under a power whether you like to recognize that or not. You're walking in the power of darkness. You may have never heard that before, but you are a prisoner to a kingdom and the, and the king of your kingdom is called Satan and he wants to keep you in the dark as long as he can. Why? Because he wants to kill you. But if you, by faith, plug into the power of God, God can deliver you from the power of darkness and transform your life. Amen. And take you to heaven with him. Now listen, he has, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of his son, of his love. In a world of shortages, you get this in your heart, in a world of shortages, there is no shortage on the power of God. It's here today. If you're a Christian, the power of God is in your life. Not only are we believers by an act of the power of God, but you and I have received power. Why? Because of who is dwelling in us. Notice what the scripture says. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is what? Greater than who? He that is in the world. Now, what, what part of greater? Now, a lot of people want to give a lot of power to the devil. And uh, even to the point that, that they, they think that Christians can be possessed. I'm telling you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I, he, you have been delivered from the power of his kingdom. Uh, what makes you think if, if, that you can be possessed without you knowing about it? When did it happen? Now, I'm probably meddling with somebody's belief system. Okay? God's power is real, and it is active today, right now, in our lives. Well, I, I know that in Acts chapter 1 and 8 says, You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. I want to tell you what, when you got saved, you got power. Those of you now, those of you that use the excuse that you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, listen, all of the gifts of the Spirit were active in the Old Testament except two, and that's tongues and interpretation of tongues. So don't, don't divorce yourself, I don't have the power to work miracles. You have the power to work miracles because the Holy Spirit dwells in you. He's the one. He's the possessor of the gifts. And as He wills and flows through your life, if you'll release yourself to the flow of God's Spirit, you can still work miracles. Don't use the excuse, well, I've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit with evidence speaking in tongues. It doesn't make any difference. You still have power. You still have power. It's real. It's active. And it's in you. How about the power of praise? We've talked about all. Now, I hope you're listing all these powers down. How about the power of praise? Why start the service with praise? Psalms 22 and verse 3 says, But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. The Scripture says, and we all win, we, this is where we get the term, God inhabits the praises of His people. Why praise? It releases the anointing of God. When we, we start our services with praise, we do that deliberately. We do that with purpose because there's something about the unique about the sound of music and praise because it draws the presence of God. 
God is enthroned in the praises of Israel. God inhabits the praises of His people. It was to the sound of, the, of music that God got creative back in the, garden, in, in the Garden of Eden, even before the Garden of Eden in Genesis. When, read the book of Job. When the sons of God sang, God got all creative and, and He spoke things into existence. Why? Because something about music moves the hand and the power of God. Why praise? It is a way of blessing God. It is a way of blessing God and giving yourself to Him. Why praise? It takes our focus off of our problems and our attention back on God. For you here this morning that have come in and your problems are so overwhelming, that was all you could see. If you have not plugged in and begin to praise, listen, I'm telling you, nothing will take your focus off your problems faster than praising God. Get your eyes up. Get your eyes off your problem and begin to praise God and send the praise up. And then something begins to supernaturally happen to you. Why praise? Psalm chapter 8 and verse 2 says this, Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have ordained strength. Now I want you to understand, say a hold of those last two words, ordained strength. In the, in the triumphal entry in Jesus' life, he's going into the temple. He quotes this scripture when the priest says, Do you hear what these kids are saying? And he says to them this in Matthew chapter 21, verse 16, and said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants? You have perfected praise. Now, he, he uses perfected uh, praise for in place of ordained strength. Why should we praise? Because strength will flow to you from praise. If you have come to the end of your week and you are beat down because you have been wrestling with the issues of life, the fastest way for you to regain strength in your life is to begin to focus on God and lift your praises. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Lift your focus off the issues of your life, the things that have depressed you, and God will pour strength into your life as you praise Him. Amen. You can lay on the table being examined and still praise the Lord. And when you begin to praise Him, His strength will flow into your life. Why praise? Because it's spiritual warfare. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 22. Now the only reason, the Old, the Old Testament was written for our learning. How many knows that? The examples that he gave. You, have you ever, you know, those of you that read your Bible, you read things, you go, why was it necessary to even put that in there? Now, if you read 2 Chronicles chapter 20, the only reason I feel that that's in there is to teach us a spiritual lesson. They were completely overwhelmed. They were outnumbered, outmanned, outgunned, and they prayed for M16s, but God wouldn't give them. They prayed for a few howitzers and some bazookas and mortars and all that, but God didn't give them. You know what he told them? He said, uh, when you go to battle, just put the singers out front. How many know that this is not conventional warfare? <clears throat> Can you imagine a general uh, reaching out and saying, okay, tomorrow, just send the drummers up front and the singers, and we're going we're gonna to march toward the enemy uh, they would, have, they would have thought, you have lost your mind. Why is this written in here? It's to show you and to reveal to you a spiritual truth. Notice what it says. Now, when they begin to sing and to praise, 
the Lord did what? Set ambushments against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, and who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. What are you facing? What obstacles are you facing? What insurmountable odds do, that are facing you that's keeping you from, from your victory or, your, or your, where you want to go? I'm telling you, you have overlooked a great power, and that is the power of praise. God will fight for you, and the way to release him is through the avenue of praise. I'm looking forward to the day that when the music starts, the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit begin to sweep this building, and lives will be changed, and kidneys will be healed, and, and blood or disorders will be healed. Why? Because the anointing of the music and the praise in this place, you say, oh, that will not happen. I'm telling you, God can do anything. And when we begin to plug into the power that God has given us, how many know that that's not my word? It's God's word. There is power in praise. Let me give you another one. A couple more and then we'll quit. How about the power of the gospel? Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek because, and when it says that, that is the, that is the order the gospel was presented. When Christ died on the cross, he had presented the gospel to the Jews. And after he died, he presented the gospel to the Gentiles. Notice, I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation. If you'll just get this in your heart, what is the gospel? God came into our world, took the robe of flesh, born from a virgin. God became flesh. His name was Jesus. God's not dead. He's alive. He lived this life for 33 and a half years. He ministered and to people. He lived for 33 and a half years, and then died for my sin. I got the good news is he died for your sin. That's the gospel. He died for your sin so that you would not have to die. He took our place so that we wouldn't have to take the power, of the penalty of, of rebellion. He was buried. He was buried, and three days later, he rose from the dead. That is the good news of this book. This is his story that has come to pass. Our mission then is to share the gospel. And if we do, watch what happens. All we have to do is preach it. All we have to do is share it. And everyone, and we live with the awareness that it is the power of God into salvation. And those men, women, boys, and girls who reach out by faith and believe that, there's something that supernatural takes place. That's the power of the gospel. Our place is to share it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 3 says this, if the gospel is veiled, if it's not proclaimed, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Every, once a year, Easter, a perfect example, more people go to church on Easter than any other day of the year. And they celebrate the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the gospel message. And a lot of them will find Jesus at that place. But I've got good news for you. We celebrate Resurrection Day every Sunday. 
That's the reason we celebrate around here. And if you'll believe the gospel message today, if you're here and you don't know Christ, if you'll receive that by faith, something supernatural will take place in your life. That is the power of the gospel. I want you to come, Steph, and I want to talk to you about another power. I've talked about a lot of them, and you know, hopefully you're writing them down. I, I might continue next week with a bunch of other things that maybe you're not aware of. I want to close this morning with the power of vision. Without a vision, without a revelation, the Scripture says, my people perish. A lot of people have given up on their vision. A lot of people have allowed the circumstances and the issues and, and, the, and the hurts of life to steal the vision out of their heart. Reinhard Bonnke, years ago, had a dream or a vision of a blood-washed Africa. That was his prayer. And today, millions of people in Africa know the Lord Jesus Christ because one person had a dream. A black man stood before the reflecting pool in Washington, D.C., and perhaps pre gave the greatest speech of all time. I have a dream. And Martin Luther King talked about a dream that one day America would live up to her values. Woo, we're powerful. You ever heard that? I have a dream. I'm talking to you about the power of vision. Acts chapter 2, verse 17, Jesus says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. You write this point down. Vision breaks the barriers off of limited thinking. And you are the only one that can limit your vision. Let me run that by you again. Vision breaks the barriers off of limited thinking. You are the only one that can put limits on your vision. What can you see? Oh, I'm not talking about with these eyes. You see, the natural enemy to a supernatural vision is this. Well, it's not possible because, you know, I'm just not educated. I, I can't do that because this natural vision, natural vision is the death of a supernatural vision. Why do I say that? Because the Scripture says we do not walk by sight, but we walk by faith. Can you see four and five hundred women? Do you have the vision to see that? Those involved in our men groups, can, can you vision five, six, eight hundred men? Can you, can you see that? Can you grasp that? In our youth group, and our leaders, can you see hundreds and hundreds of young people? Can you see that? What kind of a vision do you have? You fathers, what kind of a vision do you have for your family? You say, wait a minute. Slow down. Whoa, wait. 
You see, I don't have, probably seeing too much stuff is my problem. What's your vision for your family? Joshua stands them up, stands a whole army up, and he says, you're going to have to choose this day whom you're going to serve. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Vision. I don't see it all now. But by faith, I can look down the future and see it happening. We live too so much in the here and the now. We forget that God has a vision for our life. God has a vision, a purpose, a destiny for all of us. But we're so earthbound. All we see is the earth. And we don't catch a vision of what God wants to do in and through our life. And we limit what God can do. Is there anything too hard for God? Easter's coming. You said, Pastor, 2,000 people is just too many people will never get there and watch go. Well, I'm still believing God. I don't walk by sight. I walk by faith. I'm persuaded to believe that we'll pull the veil off the gospel. This place can be filled, Easter to overflowing. And lives will be changed, families will be touched because somebody catches a vision. I believe that our families can be well. I don't believe we have to put up with sugar disorders because there's a power that we are connected to. I'm not going to give up on that stuff. I'm not going to give up. But what if God doesn't do it? What if God does? It's just as easy to say as the other negative thing. Why do you say that? Well, I've seen too much stuff. That's your problem. You've seen too much stuff and you haven't read the Bible. I read where just a shadow. You're walking along. That's powerful, isn't it? You're, you're minding your own business. You don't even know what's going on. And just a shadow of one of the apostles, people get up healed. No prayer, nothing. You walk into somebody's house, you see a neighbor or a friend, I'm telling you, you're plugged into a power. You're plugged into the power of God. And at any moment of any day, God the Holy Spirit can flow through you to someone else's life. You are a supernatural person. Don't limit yourself to the world of the natural because you are not of this world. I know some people think, well, you're crazy. That's right. That's right. I'm crazy enough to believe that God will do it. If you give him an opportunity, God can change your world. The power of vision. Now listen. Birds of a feather flock together. And let me give you this principle. 
If you flock with people and all they do is complain and gossip and carry on, I'm telling you, you need to rise above that because that is a sure way of getting pulled down. Go on. Follow your vision. Let the grumblers and complainers and the gossipers and all the other stuff just stay where they're at and you go on and sail on. If God has said you could do it, you can do it. Amen? If God says we can do it, you can do it. How are you going to do it? One person at a time. Can you win one? Get your eyes clear to the possibilities that you have in God. Amen? Every head bowed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I feel this in my heart, God. That there is nothing impossible. In the framework of your will, God, there is absolute you. In the framework of your will, you have come to seek and to save that which was lost. If we get involved in that, uh, I'm telling you, there's no limits to what God can do in and through you. He can rock your world. God can rock your world. And you will never, ever, ever be the same. Get plugged into the power source. God is your source. I pray for all the folks under the sound of my voice. I pray that they'll get receive revelation today, God. That they'll begin to go home and list all the all the power sources that are available to them. The dreams that you have placed in their heart. Maybe the dream that has that has that has died. The dream that that uh, you know that doesn't seem like it's possible to happen now. You specialize in resurrection dreams. For those that are discouraged and think it might not ever happen, this dream that you put in my heart. Get a breath of fresh air today. Get plugged into God's power source. Get your eyes a little higher than the things you are focused on. Don't limit the possibilities that God has for your life. I don't care what I don't care what you're facing. I don't care what you're facing. I pray, Father God, for these folks. For those here that do not know you as Savior, there is power in the gospel. Today, Jesus died for your sins. He died for you. What have you done with Jesus? What have you done with Jesus? The gospel has been presented, and by faith today, if you reach out and believe that, it is the power of God unto salvation. Not that the gospel itself can save you, but things, if you believe it happened and he did it for you, there can be a transformation begin in your life today. Amen? It's happened for millions of people. For 2,000 years, millions of people have been changed by believing the gospel message today. It can happen for you. If you're here and you don't know Christ as your Savior, and you'd like to receive Christ as your Savior today, let me see your hand right up and right down. As my eyes come across the building, today is your day. Today 
is your day. Lift your hand right up and right down. Pastor, pray for me. I want to receive Christ today. Here's my hand coming back across the building. One more time, then we're going. All right, stand with me. All across the building, we're going to pray in unison today before we go. Okay? Repeat after me, will you, all across the building. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and make me new. Today I receive you as the Lord and Savior of my life. Amen? Amen. God bless you guys this morning. See you tonight at 6 o'clock, okay?